0: This is the Bedford Blues Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Podcast. Well, it's set to be a packed march at Goldenton Road, as both senior sides contest important league fixtures, three figures reach important appearance landmarks, and a former face returns for our first Sportsman's Dinner of 2022. With so much going on, we've decided to split the podcast into two episodes. Ahead of the London Scottish fixture, which concludes the championship campaign later this month, we'll hear from Mike Rea as he reaches half a millennium of matches in charge of the club. But on this first episode of the month, we're going to go back to one of Mike's first seasons, 2008-2009, to hear from that season's standout player, Billy Twelvetrees. The England International and British and Irish Lion will host a testimonial dinner here at Goldenton Road on Thursday the 31st of March as part of his Gloucester Rugby celebrations. To give you a flavour of some of the stories you might hear on the night, I caught up with Billy to discuss his time at the club and the importance of the Championship on allowing him such a prolonged and successful career. Well, Billy, thank you for joining me on this latest episode of the Blues Podcast. I don't want you to spoil it too much for supporters that are going to be joining us in a couple of weeks here at Golden Road, but I do want to talk to you about your time here at Bedford Blues as well as uh, a couple of other topical uh, things that have come out this week. I guess there's only one place for us to start and I can see in the smirks on both of our faces I think you know where I'm going with this. Amanda Jane Lingerie, talk to me about that first before we talk about your rugby highlights because you seem to embrace it during your season here. Where did it come from? How did you deal with it? it? And was it one of the most bizarre things that's happened to you in your rugby career?
0: Bizarre is probably there the word um, I would use well first of all Ryan thanks for having me on the the Blues podcast nice to be back in a strange way a Golden To Road i looking forward to it in a few weeks time but um, I actually remember I lived in a house with Ollie Dodge and Greg Gilanders. And I remember when um, the first Match Day programme came out and sometimes as a player you don't know who you're sponsored by as you know local businesses get involved and everyone's just like mate who's your sponsor and I was like I don't know who is it and then I was like, ah, of course laundry company. And they are like, oh so Everyone was a bit getting a bit awkward about it and like a, bit, a bit giddy as Blake's do. And I think that was kind of like it was left at that. It was just like okay. And then first first game of the season, I was boiling hot day at Goldenton Road. I was playing 13 outside of Basi in Bass. And I ended up scoring four tries against Manchester. And obviously Sam Roberts was announcing you know, score of Billy trial of Trees, sponsored by Amanda Jane and lingerie, Andre. And I remember after that first try, there was a bit of a murmur. And then obviously after the fourth try, he suddenly, Sam was obviously loving it. He was delaying the response and then reading it out twice. And suddenly all the boys were remember, clicking onto it as well. Like, mate, who are you sponsored by? So it was obviously great for Amanda and her, her business. And um, then it became... Just the thing with me in that year at Goldenton Road, it was, it was it was brilliant for the club and um yeah, a weird one really.
1: Yeah, and actually if you talk about it per player value, you didn't half give her uh, a lot of value for 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 her money. You're talking about every time, time it was announced. Well, you scored 18 tries, 16 conversions and 13 penalties. So that's over 50 mentions before you've even played in your 30. Uh, 30- yeah your uh, 31 game. So uh, I hope you might have got a few freebies out of it somewhere.
0: I mean, my girlfriend, my wife now, she's like, I'm taking her in there. I was like, surely, surely you get a few things out of it. And know uh, she did, and uh, they were great to her. And she spent a day shopping there with with Amanda and, uh, and her husband. I forgot her names. But um, do you know what? It was um, it was a great year. And I remember when actually my, um, my grandparents came to watch a game. And they were just a little bit embarrassed by it all been sponsored by a lingerie company being from Old Valleys and stuff. But oh, it was great. It was great for me. I mean, I was 19 years old. I thought it was the boy at Goldenton Road. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on. I scored 18 tries in my first year at Bedford and struggled to score 18 tries since, to be honest. So it's <laughs> so always good, fun memories.
1: Yeah, take us back to when you first arrived at Bedford. You played one game in the season beforehand. I guess that kind of was the reason why maybe Bedford were looking at you, um, obviously released by, by by Tigers to come to Bedford. How did you find out there was any interest at all? And what about Bedford, before you'd signed, made you want to sign
0: here? Do you know what? I played in that Mobs Memorial match with a few other Leicester Tiger players. I think um, Greg Salmon's some of the fans remember, I think Dodgy played in it, and a few others. And actually... I was on a Tuesday night in March, I think, when the game is. Oh, yeah, I can't remember now. And um, actually, Mikey said, Yeah, no thanks, you're not good enough <laughs> after that game. And it was just like, I was a bit like, boom, oh, opportunity. Here. I was a bit like, didn't play well. It was down, I think it was Tuesday night. And um, I was like, oh, this is quite a tough. Day. So I remember like playing some of the Barbars boys, it was like Andy Powell's playing big names, and now big boys and scoring some good tries. And I was like, Don't think i am cut for this. Um, but then luckily Mikey had a good relationship with Andy Key, um, who at Bedford and that's the Tigers. And um he said, I'll oh, give him another go, give him a week's trial in the pre-season. So when we're getting down, Golden Rogan in the pre-season, I think it was end of June time, and I had a few players coming in, and I think Nick Walsh was a back coach at coming. And I just uh, kind of like said to myself, go give it give us a good shot this I like, enjoy it. Um Going down to Bedford Park in pre-season and you know doing weights in the warn at Golden Road and then running sessions on the training pitch. I just loved it. But at that point I was I wasn't signed to Bedford at all. I mean, it was just literally there to train and see how I went. And then luckily um obviously offered me a, a contract in midway through the pre-season. So I was very much under the impression that Mikey didn't like me at all. <laughs> so I just uh, just got my head down and started working hard. And, um, and I just loved that summer and you know, it all went so so quickly from there but my the biggest memory was doing pre-season with the cool 2 I was with Toops and um, I think it was his first year at the club as well and we were doing a boxing session and he was just <laughs> there was just, uh, Heinze behind me with, um, with Mike and I just giggling away because Toops was just whacking me in the ribs and the kidneys and every ten seconds I was there like crying just like please no more I was like this is what it takes to be a half decent rugby player, I'm not account for it, but um, yeah, he's got a ball in my hand, it was a bit better after that.
1: Yeah, you've mentioned uh, a couple of names already. I mean, I'm looking at the squad list, I mean, there's some real legends of this club, legends of English rugby, international level. We've got Carl Dixon, international referee at the moment, Sasha Hardin, who played yeah. 10 plus years here, Toops, as you've mentioned, Phil Bolton, 100 games. Uh, Duncan Taylor now, Saracens, yeah, that, yeah. yourself, Vassi, Daryl Wienendahl still playing the game, Dodgy, who you've mentioned. I mean, what what sort of team spirit was there that year? Because there's a lot of big, big characters. Probably you weren't one of one of those in your young career. But what did you may, maybe learn from some of those players that were at the senior stages of their career at that point as well?
0: Do you know what? It's fantastic. Because I was like... Just so energized to be there and just wanted to learn. And I was obviously came from a Leicester Tigers academy where I'd been in a you know, professional environment, seeing the first team, what they're about. And I was a bit like everyone was aware I came from the academies before I was a dropout. And it was kind of like, okay, I've got proven wrong. And then I remember seeing Miritz <laughs> it He's just like very approachable and he's just like, oh, enjoy it, just go hard. You know, it's always went hard in the games and always like the way Mo played and then Sasha was always very approachable and like I was like he's got his good lads and they, they just went hammer and tong in the games and then you had obviously James Pritchard was obviously a legendary club and you know quite quiet guy but very professional and he's a Canadian international and just ultimate pro and I was like well, that's what it takes and then there was Dicko, like the Dicko I ended up obviously playing Dicko. I was playing 10 for the most of the year and he played 9 I just learned a lot of him and then he had that that class about him I was always always really intrigued to a very very good player I was like how's this guy not in the prem and there's a lot of like, a lot of players like that you're like how have they not made it all just, and it's just the way rugby is like guys in that league still you don't get an opportunity so you're just waiting to get an opportunity so I was just like I mean i have to be pretty good to play in, this, play in this team so it was it was great because I've seen you guys but they had um as you all know, the way Mikey wants to play the game, it just, it just to me down to, down to the tee, and I just, just thoroughly enjoyed just getting stuck in.
1: I'm sure I know you've mentioned that you maybe thought that Mike didn't like you at the start. I'm sure he did at the end of the campaign. Um, what did he, but also the rest of the coaches teach you at that young, young age that's maybe lasted with you throughout your uh, career?
0: Well, yeah, more so just did I enjoy it? Like, and I remember the games we didn't do well. We just we didn't play with the Bedford identity and I remember half times and stuff. He would just go very like cross and like not emotional, but like he was like, lads, if we're gonna play this game, we wanna play, like play it. Like, what you what are you waiting for? What are you scared of? And that suited me brilliantly. I was just like, yeah, all right, let's have like, crack, let's <laughs> get. And um famously in my mind, I think I played at Doncaster away. I think it was only my second or third start with the club and I was playing fly half. And I remember the first 30 minutes, I just didn't kick the ball. And I was just running the ball everywhere from our own half and our own try line. <laughs> I remember two shouting me. was like, tough jeez, kick the ball, man. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that on the 10th. And it was just like, Mikey was loving it. It was just like, let's have crap. And um, so, steep learning curve, like, as a, a young player playing in that league, because it's pretty physical. And you go to some, I remember like, going up to Rotherham and getting knocked out at the first few minutes and I was just like whoa this is different <laughs> it was last week but yeah those coaches just especially Walshie and Mikey they just wanted to us express ourselves and play a good brand of rugby so it wasn't you could not love doing it
1: and you've spoken about some of those particular moments obviously the one that for me who obviously wasn't around at the time that kind of thing when people talk to me about Billy 12 trees it's a photo that's on on the wall opposite me is your swan dive try? Um, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. it's the one that we've put on socials quite a, quite a bit as well is that one of your standout moments or was there particular games particular in, instances that stand out as well
0: yeah, to know, that stands out because I've never dive like that again for the reason that I landed on my knee and I split my bursa inside my knee and I've had trouble ever since. So that every time I see that photo I'm like, oh, you bloody idiot. Why did you do that? <laughs> so, um, that's why it sticks in the memory. But also, I remember it like me and Dodgy, we just had that little play we did with uh, Brendan Burke or Vassy, and like, Olive Dodge was like a freakishly powerful athlete and then um, I was just like looking for him the whole time and then no, Dodgy had always be the first two defenders, and if he got an offload, away I would always just learn to be on his shoulder. And uh, I remember that I think it was back in the spring, that game, it, I think they was done it again. I think um, and like, they were coming good, and we had a bit of a sticky spell, and we ended up smoking them. So, like, you know, scoring tries at Golden to Road was always fun. So, yeah, it's kind of yeah, a good memory. And I think it was one of the few games that actually my parents missed that we got as well. what <laughs> of the tries they can actually enjoy.
1: Yeah, not quite got the uh, social media coverage to watch it back instantly either.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of that at all. Just, I remember, when, <laughs> yeah, saying that it was always a DVD on Monday morning. i went the in the cabin to watch the highlights. But yeah, I think um, those those games at Golden Rose, especially when we we're scoring good tries, definitely bring back a smile to my face. Now it's always good memories.
1: Let's talk about the season as a whole. You finish. Third, you go quite well in the EDF trophy as well. Lose to Exeter, who came second in the league. Yorkshire Carnegie promoted. So, I mean, there were some quite good sides in their teams that were sort of on the up. It was obviously a competitive league. Um, What did you learn from the championship specifically that you've taken into going up to the Prem, playing for England and becoming a British and Irish Lion? Because I guess those things don't happen unless you get those learnings in the championship at a young age
0: steep learning curve straight away and I had to adapt pretty quickly but I think I had to learn that you had to be pretty like very consistent like consistency was key I remember playing extra at home actually and I was like yeah we've got these boys and then I realised how efficient and what a team they were and Gareth Steenson at the time the general 10 just busting the show and I was like I'm miles away from this guy and then he kicked one from halfway and just crept over the crossbar and stuff like that I was like in my mind, I was like, they are miles in front of us. You know, not on the build on the scoreboard, we we're always very close, but I obviously that's where that team and club has gone now. But um so it kind of like drove me internally as right, like, well, if you want to be well, you know, this time I was a bit, bit Bedford, it was just like just be a good Bedford player. And um, it was just an like internal dri- driven, like right, the skill set's gotta be better, it's gotta be a bit of a understand the game more, just keep asking questions, coaches keep learning every week and um you even going up to Carnegie, I remember thinking, you know, we're as good as these boys. But then you could just see the, the ruthless approach even they had. Even not being the the union team that they potentially could be, but it was just a good team structure. And I thought, you know, we all had a small squad, like in terms of Bedford for those days. And I thought we were up there because we had a good team spirit and the way we played. But those teams, I really thought the leaders within the team, the nines and tens, and Captain does. Oh, that's that's proper, proper role players. That so that's what I, I learned and probably took forward into even to my career now. Yeah, the
1: reason you're coming back to Golden to Roads a couple of weeks is that you've got your testimonial dinner with Gloucester. You're one of a list of hundreds that uh, has gone from National One Championship to the Premiership. You had three years at Leicester as well, involved in three Premiership finals. I'm sure you know your career. I'm sort of reading it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Uh, 23 games for england a couple of lions appearances maybe talk about your career as a whole now maybe um, a couple of standout moments i guess winning the trophies with gloucester uh challenge cup those kind of things leading the team out i guess there are there there were a couple but maybe pick out a couple for your career as a whole
0: in a way it sounds like there were so many so many and i'm not like one for like big memories of winning trophies or <laughs> 'cause well, it only won one cluster, but those premiership finals with Leicester, like being a young player coming off the bench in those finals and, you know, didn't win them, to be honest. So that was that massive learning curve, I was like, with a team and you're emotionally involved in the team, like you are, when you're involved, even as a club, you just start with your players and then losing in a grand final, like, twice in a row, like it was like really gut-wrenching, I was like, I know, it was hard to win this thing. Oh, you see, teams do it now, so those finals are big for me because you, you see what guys do to put their bodies on the line and being at Twickenham, which is a great stadium. But then I remember my first European start for Leicester, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be playing. I remember I was um travelling reserve and then I had a phone call with the team manager, so like, oh, you're on the bench now, Danny Hick, this is got, got a cold or something, and then <laughs> I thought, like, oh, cool. I won't tell my parents I'm on the bench probably won't get on it's on Sky anyway and then uh, then get to the stadium and they're like Aaron Major's um, struggling you're going to start I was like oh this is different there's different level we can the Osprey's at home and I remember their team was bigger James Hook Tommy like Shane Williams all these boys and I was like Justin Marshall and I was like mate this is like I was watching these boys in the summer playing for Lions (laughs) and I was like that's quite cool and I was like like, you're actually play against though. so I was saying the change before the game. I talked to Ben Young and I was just like are you alright? I was like yeah I think so and then like 10 minutes into the game I was like I'm not alright I have no way near goodness to this and then suddenly it just clicked like I just got the ball and made a break and then ended up scoring a try and then start and I remember Jeremy Saunton tweaked his groin and the start of the second or the, start of the first and I ended up kicking for goal and I did not miss kick and it's one of those games that just like loved and then and before you know you going through the corridors and people like yourself going to the media room and they're interviewing like, oh mate, great game. And you're man of the match. Blah, 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 where have you come from? What have you been doing? I was like, uh, I don't know, it's like rugby. You know, as a young guy just coming into that, that game really sticks out for me. Kind of probably established myself within some of maybe the Leicester fans and um, and club and probably um, gave me the confidence to know that I could push forward and I am good enough. So, um, that was my one and then obviously I picked for England Huge! because I didn't realize how massive it was, and that might seem very naive. Because obviously, I was mad keen rugby fan growing up and watched England every weekend. Like loved it, and but it didn't really hit it home because you know, you know, players Ryan, that you, you're in like a bubble with they, you become your mates. It's just like, you know, just, you should be the lads, just taking piss out of each other, just having a good time. And then you play at the weekend and people cheer. And then you're back in the change room and you, you know, have a beer or you get around lads' houses and celebrate. And this just becomes the norm. Playing my England debut against Scotland at Twickenham in the Calcutta game and I scored a try. And I'm running back halfway. And, the, you know, in the tunnel they said my name. And there's a massive cheer. And I was just like, whoa, this is, uh, that suddenly like, hit me because i was, three older brothers were in the crowd and the family and my, my girlfriend at the time and now my wife was just like I was there in the family I was like oh wow this is, this is pretty cool it's everything you probably wanted and then you flip the switch again and you're like all right next job <laughs> what's next and then you get the addiction you want to do it again and again so um those were probably two key ones for me and then um and then yeah like you said and then I'm um, 10 years later I'm still playing for Gloucester and having joined in the summer of 2012 thinking I don't know how long you're going to be here just enjoy the next two years with your contract and then just love, loved every minute of the club it's very similar to Bedford I always said it very similar to Bedford and are very traditional rugby clubs in the heart of the community and have a real local spirit who love the game and just want the boys to go hard every week and I shared um all the emphasises with that and it's um I've captain the club for a few years and now I'm part of a group that's really going well and um yeah, I just absolutely love it and it's a great place to be and there's still one team I haven't beaten yet it's Leicester Tigers away at so that always eats away at me a little bit but, um, yeah, to have a testimonial is um, amazing. I um, never thought I'd be at a club for 10 years or I'd never thought I'd be a professional rugby player even when, like I said, turning up at pre-season at Bedford Blues I was like, got this week, better give it a good crack otherwise I'm going to be back at home with my mum and dad. So, Always very lucky to do what I do and very appreciative. So I've always had the mindset of just going in every day and just going hard and you never know what's around the corner. I don't want
1: to ask a sort of doom-mongery question, but what do you think would have happened if it went wrong for you here at Bedford?
0: Do you know what? I was absolutely fine with it because I never ever thought it would... I was supposed to be like a rugby player. I always dreamed of it being a kid. but I, Where I came from in Sussex, like three older brothers. We, it was not a rugby school or anything. I was never like pick for the good teams because it's just the way it, way it was around our local clubs. So I always thought I'd get found out and, you know, <laughs> it's uh, he's I'm nowhere really near his level. So I always um, did, you know, further extra curricular education. I remember when I was at Bedford, I got into the London School of Osteopathy and I was trying to do that to become an osteopath and I was like, oh, I can't do it because i visit Bedford and then did some other courses and then I'm doing accountancy and finance when I was at Leicester and I'm still doing it now across the, <laughs> in the back of my mind. I'm always just like, it's gonna, <laughs> something's gonna find me out at some point. But so, always, that's why I've always embraced it and um, really, really enjoyed it and just go at it hammer and tongue. I always tell the young lads now, just um, always, it's very, very difficult to do what we do. And we're very lucky to do what we do. There's only a small niche of players that get to play Premiership rugby, international rugby, or have the opportunity. So, just, uh, Give it your all and smile along the way because you never know when it's gonna end. that's quite a sad way it's like quite an emotional way of saying it. Because only because I've had friends who had to retire in mid-20s and guys are retired now and they're still struggling with injuries. So it's just like, oh, can be the best thing in the world, but it can be horrendous, rugby. So
1: But it it has obviously gone well for you here at Bedford First, then Tigers and Gloucester, a testimonial year, as you've said. Um, how much are you excited to be coming back to Goldenton Road in a couple of weeks as part of that?
0: No, I'm really excited. I mean Sam Roberts rang me and he was just like, What do you have this idea? And I was a bit taken aback. I was like, Sam, no one's to see me, mate. Like, why why? Why would you wanna do that? And he's like, No, honestly, I reckon it'll be quite cool. And then I got to thinking, I was like, Oh yeah, it would be awesome, actually. And he's like, Let's get all the old boys back, like Moritz, it's Decay, let's try and get as many boys back as we can. I get like um, some of the Gloucester boys down and think uh, we have a good night of it. So yeah, I- that no, it was great. I, I'm actually used to never come back, mainly because the uh, fixture's always like, align. like all rugby teams too. I'd love to get back to going to and stand on the sidelines and watch. I remember I did it a few times when I was at Leicester and it was, it was awesome. Actually, I was a bit frustrated. I said, like, oh, I wish I'd love to be out there with the boys. when well, I was at Leicester. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be a, a good night and um, I'll bring some of the boys down from Gloucester as well and we can have a, a good evening.
1: Yeah, and as part of that, I think you're raising money for some uh, charities as part of your testimonial proceeds you want to maybe talk us through that to help some of the supporters that are coming on the night to dig deeper in their pockets we have a local
0: charity with uh, we support a lot around the cluster which is the Pied Piper which helps out with um children and very young children who have um yeah difficulties um in their family lives and and um need you know a lot of help with um, disabilities or struggling with life. And so the charity is there to help out with them, um, giving them extra quick activities or in the home with parents who have um, injuries and they can't look after their children. So we do a lot of it with the rugby here and it and, it, and, it, and it's massive to the local community. And then Winston's Wish, who a uh, national charity but usually close to me my wife's heart dealing with bereavement of you know family members and, and young children and how we cope mentally growing up and how it affects us as you know adults and and children and families and something that I wish personally my wife had helped when she was younger so i see like seen it from a personal point of view so just raising money and awareness for that and I'd love to support them as much as I can I'm doing it at the moment and um, you know that's the reason for the testimony of this year we're going to raise as much money as they can for them and have some fun along the way.
1: Well- tickets are going well there are a few um tickets still uh available for any supporters that are maybe thinking of coming down to the evening can you just give them a flavor of what of what they can uh, get on the evening
0: yeah, yeah well They've got to to Sam. I think he's hosting again, so they're probably bored of Sam Roberts for us now, but um, I'll be coming down. I'm trying to get uh, Mark practicing to come down, Lewis Ledlow, our roster captain, and um, definitely uh, negotiating with a few other boys at the moment to come down and have a good Q&A, good, um, uh, good event of the night, just some, some good chats, some good stories. Um, obviously, we'll be on a table each so you can get as many of many the boys down as possible, meet some players you've never met before or, Tim any stories you need off the lads and um yeah now I'm trying to ring, ring Maritz, ring all the boys as well that we used to play in that 08, 09 year. I think that's the correct way of saying it that in nine year. So, um, yeah so yeah I'm really looking forward to it just to get in the marquee get down to Golden Road meet all the fans again that I haven't seen now I'm grand old age of 33 and not 19 when they all probably saw me last and um to reminisce some good memories or some bad ones they can abuse me with that's just absolutely fine
1: we'll leave the uh, rest of the stories to To the evening, but it would be uh, remiss of me not to ask you, as a Premiership player at the moment, about the news that broke earlier this week: Doncaster Knights and Ealing Trailfinders failing in their promotion criteria um, to come up to the Premiership for next season. Still quite raw for those those clubs, they can look to obviously uh, go back against the RFU's decision. Um, but you'll be able to tell us from the perspective of a player that started his career in the Championship, really. um, How important was it and how important is it for the game at the moment that there are still opportunities for it to grow?
0: Do you know what? I'm a massive, massive fan of promotion and relegation. I think it's great to see even that year, I played at Bedford and Exeter's push for promotion that year and then I think Leeds went up and it just... It was just great being involved in that, in that year. But then even the bottom end of the relegation, like no one wants to be down there. And even in the Prem, like when you're out of the top four, out of the top six in Europe, when you're pushing for playoffs and then when you're in the bottom four, you're like, it's it's, it's a horrendous place to be in the Premiership because it's absolutely cutthroat. So um, it becomes such a great perspective. I think towards the back end of the year, I think, T V viewings and excitement to watch even relegation battle games is ridiculous <laughs> as well as the playoffs. So I I um I'm a massive fan of that. I think it's great for the game and it's great spectacle and it's great to have teams come up that haven't come up before. Imagine like a Doncaster Don coming into the Prem. I think you know you could talk about the negatives in terms of the financial situation it could leave clubs in and the way it happened to London Welsh. I can understand the fears from um, stakeholders and you know, everyone involved in, you know, the game. But just from the fundamental side of you know, a club moving up the leagues, getting to potentially the top flight. And it's just, I think it's great for any ambitious club. You even look at where it's someone somewhere like Heartbreak, who's obviously close to Gloucester here. They're coming through the league through whatever reasons with funding of yeah, a university near them. But the drive that the team has, and it's, its I think it's just great for the game. Great for the game. And for um, so those teams now that like Ealing and Doncaster, I don't know the the process, but um, even we played Ealing in pre-season here and they were... They were already talking about when they're going to be in the prem next year, so it's uh, it's always a difficult one, isn't it, to to see? And then non you boys beat them the other week, and it's kind of like oh, they're getting getting worried. But um, it's great that championship is so competitive that um we always talk about it in change rooms with boys because we played there and boys in the squad, this squad have played in the champ, and it's. It's always interesting to see what happens, but um from my point of view, I'd love to see a team get promoted and it just makes it all for the better.
1: Yeah, and just looking at your Gloucester changing room, I've sort of had a look on my phone at your squad list. I didn't do too much research into it, but I could name quite easily nine players that have played in the championship. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure if I did more research, it would go into double figures it does prove that the pathway still exists because you obviously did it 12 years ago but there's players more recently I'm guessing the more recent ones Geordie Reed from Elin yeah. to, to you guys Paledry Na- Nagel Taylor with Hartbury um Kira Ke- Knight Kyle Moyle they're all kind of new yeah, yeah. new as well the pathway just keeps
0: on growing well it's too it's, it's like it's a hard league because you know the the perks of the Premiership are obviously the you know the the infrastructure around the clubs in terms of training facilities, stadiums, support network, with, you know physio departments, S&C, playing side of things. So like that that makes it easier, even though it's a very difficult league. But in the Championship you. Like the boys have been there, then they're <laughs> going down to pirates or going up going up north or you know, is on the day on a bus. Like, it really tests squads and tests the resilience of players. So you, you do that for a few years or you know, for me, I think it for a year in a way, but it, it definitely it definitely makes you grow quickly and understand like what it takes to, to be a good professional player. Like test yourself in terms of your own personal preparation and what you need to do as a player to be really, really good. And I talked to Carl Moore, our best back he did nine, almost eight years at Pirates, almost 150 games, and he's like loving being in the Prem now. It's, he's like, I did my education for nine years. Like, I did it for a year, and you know, Aki did it for a few years at Bedford. And it's, I think it just grounds people out, but it makes them appreciate what they have now.
1: And if you strip it all back, forget it's obviously difficult to do because there's a lot of factors to it, but if you strip it all back, forget the money, forget all that kind of stuff. You, as players, I'm guessing, would rather not have two bye weeks during the season. You'd rather be playing a team home and uh, away as well.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I was, uh, if you asked me, I get frustrated with bye weeks. I was like, oh, because you're on a roll. Like, home players, you're in momentum. And you want to use that momentum. And then like, a week off, it just stops it, uh, stops it dead, and you can't catch up or. I never, I never think it works well. I think on paper for the powers it be, it looks great. Oh, they can the rest there, get some downtime, get some bodies fresh. But that's what I love about the the competition we have in England, like to the champ, to the prem. It's, it tests the squads, so it tests your squad, and the, your group of players, not just just starting fifteen, whether you've got good backups or good players in each position, and it tests your mental resolve. And I think that's what the good teams do. They the week in, week out, they're getting points out of every game, and you know. And, great fans well, not watch a game at the weekend and then what's going on this weekend in the rugby it just doesn't make sense so um, yeah we need a uh, we need uh, we need to get in five weeks in my mind but that's just me
1: yeah and then the, the other talk I guess that's come out this week is the well there's been two things a Premiership Championship Cup and a Premiership Academy slash Championship league I guess focusing on the Premiership Championship Cup you speak so highly about Goldenton Road would you actually quite enjoy coming back
0: to Goldenton Road? Oh mate I would love it that oh, brilliant wouldn't it imagine like oh it'd be so cool I mean like sort of FA Cup style thing in football I think everyone's secretly jealous of it it's, it's amazing imagine if you got drawn against Bedford I'd love to love it go down there you know, until uh, we get to the second half we have to go up the hill. Don't miss that. But um oh it'd be amazing or well, just to go to all these places that players have never never been before. You know, it's good for the good for the, the foreigners in the team. You've got a good like you know, some South Africans, Argentinians, um Georgians, some Russian and, and like they just don't understand what they think From home stuff's easy. They've you know, got plastic pitches, nice stadiums, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hotels before games. It's like lad, do you wait till you get to some of these grounds? you so um I think it's cool. I think this guy. Do you know what's great though? They're, they're obviously aware something needs to happen. Like something needs to happen in the Premiership for a second team. They had the A League in the past, but a continuous pathway for the young lads to in that bracket, not quite playing every week, but they need continuous development where they can't go on loan because obviously Bedford. You know the relationship with Northampton. And it, sometimes it upsets the politics within clubs. So there's definite areas for growth, and it's good that the um, you know, the stakeholders of the game are thinking about something. I just hope everyone aligns. Of what they want to do to make it best for the players and, and the team,
1: and it'd be kind of nice, wouldn't it? To say, Oh, 2019 World Cup winner, ex player travels to Cornish Pirates. From yeah, imagine so cool. if they were playing for Tigers, well, I guess they fly, but but you know, it would be something completely different. You've gone from the highs to that, you've got to do a 12 hour bus bus journey, but it would make players, wouldn't it? And I guess for the young players looking at Gloucester, the young players coming through Gloucester to go through those experiences could actually help them in their careers as well. Maybe potentially better than cad games or playing six minutes for Gloucester in a premiership game. Yeah. You know, playing a full game against the champ.
0: Yeah, I think it's brilliant. That kind of shows a bit of what happened last year in that COVID year where obviously know, Saris were really and they got they obviously went to Pirates, didn't they? And there's a bit of that, wasn't there? Like, had the a World Cup winners and international was going down to the Pirates and then they got humbled down there. you know, kind of just like, well, that's just rugby, isn't it? Like, if you're not on it on the day, like, anyone can beat anyone. And it's kind of like, it's nice that in the professional area that can still happen. And I think um, that's what makes rugby brilliant, that like, you can overcomplicate it, but simply on the day, <laughs> you want to rock up and be physical and be in the right mindset, otherwise you're going to have your pants pulled down, which, you know, it happens to every club and every player, but um, I think the prospect of it could be, it'd be fun. Like, imagine that, like, even the Bedford Sports is having teams come down that they've never hosted in their years or... So it'd be it'd be amazing, and the caliber of players that could come, like foreign internationals who play for the Premiership clubs, it'd be um, it'd be something that would be great for the growth of the game, and and kids that will never see those those sort of players. So I think it's um, I think it. Exciting potential, but there's always paradise going on, isn't there? So you don't really know.
1: Yeah. You hinted to it a little bit there, just sort of twigged in my mind. We had a post ready to go. If if we had beat Saracens, obviously we didn't in the time. It was like Laborers, <laughs> Laborers versus Lions. We had obviously our, our oh, yeah. players that were builders and do you know tree series. Oh, nice. The these are the ca- Didn't quite work work that way, obviously, but it comes to light now on the podcast. I was thinking about it. Um Obviously, the Premiership's got a lot of internationals, but I want to ask you a hypothetical question to finish, because I'd just be interested to know what you would think. If you had a, a Championship 15 against a Premiership 15 at the end of the season, do you think it would be as big of a walkover as some people might assume?
0: That's a good question. Very good. It'd be great to see, it, wouldn't it? It would be great to see. It. So what? I don't, I don't think it would be, you know? Like, what... um the 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 gap is definitely closing if that makes sense like the calibre of players like even the time when I played in the champ I've been in the prem and even the time I've been in the prem now from a squad player in the prem to a top 10 player in the prem like it's, it's it's shrinking there's so many good players out there now you see it in recruitment and the players you get in the championship now you're like they could be in the prem but then the players in the prem you're like they're all really good. You get like players not in the twenty-three and most Premiership squads are like, "How's he not playing?" So like, you suddenly get those you know, Championship fifteen against Prem fifteen playing. You could be like, oh, "He could play for that team and that team." And like, it would be it would be amazing. But um, you would think <laughs> the problem is you probably think that a Premiership team would just be full of international <laughs> international superstars and yeah, yeah, Semi radra and people like Manu you know, fast clerk and all these boys and well, there's some decent players when you want to put that team together. But, um, you know, it'd be it'd be cool to see.
1: Well, Billy, it's been great catching up. I'll leave you get on because I know you've got family commitments uh, to get to this evening. Um, we very much look forward to welcoming you back to Goldenton Road in a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, we'll see you there.
0: Cheers, Ryan. Thanks very much, guys. Looking forward to it. I hope to see everyone there.
1: Well, that's all we've got time for on this latest episode of The Blues Podcast. Don't forget, tickets are still on sale for our Friday Night Lights and Real Ale Festival fixture against Coventry, as well as the home leg of our Championship Cup encounter with Nottingham on St George's Day. Head to www.bedfordrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets to secure your seat with us at Goldington Road. Before our senior men's team return to the field, don't miss out on the chance to watch Bedford Blues women go for the title tomorrow. At Goldenton Road. Mark Stapley's side host Shelford, knowing a victory would see them clinch the NC3 Midland Central Division title and promotion in their very first season. Entrance is free to all supporters. Thank you to Billy for joining me on this latest episode. Join us again in just two weeks' time as we return with another very special episode as Mike Rea celebrates 500 games as director of rugby at Bedford Blues.